This WBEZ podcast is supported by Ravinia, with over 100 concerts under the stars this summer, including Daryl Hall and Elvis Costello, Nora Jones with special guest Mavis Staples, the Beach Boys with special guest John Stamos, Shaggy and TLC, Jason Isbell and the 400 Unit, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, and more. Their 30-acre park is nestled in a gently wooded area. Bring your own picnic or eat at one of the park restaurants. Tickets available now only at ravinia.org. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your source for everything happening in Chicago and across the globe. Climate change is globally devastating, and let's be honest, scary. But there are so many people actively doing their part to reverse our negative impacts on the planet. And that includes some Chicago high schoolers. A group of teens recently traveled to the global conference known as COP27, where world leaders discuss climate issues and take steps toward action. Joining us now are two seniors at Solorio Academy High School on the city's southwest side. Antonio Padilla is a member of the Zero Waste Ambassadors and the Chicago Youth Climate Coalition. Antonio, you're involved with a program called It's Our Future. It's a youth sustainability leadership program from the nonprofit Seven Generations Ahead. What has your journey to this work been, and, and why is this something that you're involved with? Yeah, when I was a kid, I've always, like everyone, loved the environment, loved nature. Unfortunately, sometimes uh, not everyone respected as much as you do. Growing up in Chicago, more southwest side, I seen tons of litter on the streets and think to myself, man, how are people disrespected to their community and to the earth? And so I'm like, okay, I have the power to change this. I will myself decide to clean it up. And obviously that didn't make much of a difference. But I went to Slorio, joined Zero Waste, and that really did help me actually make an impact. So, for example, I've done lots of neighborhood cleanups, Mm -hmm. gardening, a lot of community awareness. And another thing, too, that really impacted my decision to become an environmentalist was uh, my family and Puerto Rico. Uh, As you might have uh, seen recently and even years prior, uh, hurricanes are a huge thing. Yeah. Natural disasters are one of the greatest consequences of climate change. And I think to myself, what if it was my family who live in Puerto Rico um, still? Yeah. What would happen? Like, what can we do as a group, a society, to ensure that the people, the locals there, are able to keep living there, keep being able to live in stability without having to be fearful of such now disasters. Yeah, that's so I think to myself, okay, stability and a cleaner environment are some of the greatest things that we could have and can develop. That's a wonderful thought, Antonio. And just a little more background on that program that I mentioned that you're involved in uh, from seven generations ahead, that they got funding from Oak Park River Forest Community Foundation to form It's Our Future, which is the program. And uh, they got official observer status at COPS several years ago, and they've just been taking students every year since. Uh, Speaking of students, I want to bring one more into this conversation. We've also got Fatima Perez with us, who's another member of Solario Academy High School's Zero Waste Ambassadors. Welcome to the program, Fatima. Hello. Good morning. So you and Antonio and and three other students uh, from Oak Park River Forest and Evanston High School, you all got this chance to go to COP27 this year, and that's the United Nations Climate Conference that just wrapped up. 
What was it like for you, Fatima, to be in Egypt at this conference of world leaders? Right. Um, I mean, in like general terms, I'd say for me, it was the best experience I've had in my life thus far. It's the first time I ever flew over the Atlantic. Oh, wow. Um, the first time, let alone thinking I would be in Egypt. Uh, but it was truly great to be able to see the amount of people that can come together to talk about an issue that's affecting all of us and truly what I think is the most pressing issue that we should be thinking about today uh, because it affects the future so much. Uh, But I think specifically also the highlight was able to be in parts of the conference where I was surrounded by youth, um, although not the same age as me because I'm pretty sure we were the only high schoolers there or a few of the only high schoolers there. Yeah, you might have been. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we were uh, being uh, surrounded by uh, what I would say college students and learning from them um, and also receiving advice was a great um, environment to be in. And just the atmosphere, I think yeah. youth brings a uh, refreshing um, sort of perspective to the conversation of climate action. And I was very happy to be able to participate in that. What was it like for you, Antonio, being in Egypt? Uh, you know, I tell people around my school, because I get tons of these questions, like, uh, how was it like? And, you know, I told people, like, it was all right. You know, I, I wouldn't recommend. But in reality, it was probably one of the most life-changing events that have ever happened for me. Um, I was super nervous. I don't know what I'm getting into. Um, at first, you know, we were thought, like, man, like, how do we make sure that we're safe? What should we expect? What should we, you know, look for? Um, but once we were there, we were like, okay, this is what I want to do. At least for me personally, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Uh, this is what I'm looking for. And I think overall it was really amazing. Like I had in cop and out of cop experiences that are really like okay. made me really thankful for the opportunities that I had in my life. Right. Um, and makes me appreciate, you know, the diversity of people out there. And yeah, I know I just came in with like a lot of energy, a lot of hope and a lot of like open-mindedness. And I think because of that, it made it a lot more enjoyable um, yeah. When it comes to climate, there's a lot of factors coming in, and I think if you're open-minded and you're open to be knowing that you're ignorant and that you know maybe there's people you can learn from, and I think it would be just a lot better of experience. I know for me personally, like you think to yourself, like these are really prestigious people. I don't belong in the same room, but when I went in there, I'm like, okay, no, I'm here for a reason. Uh, I'm just as much of a person as they are. Um, they might be a little bit smarter, but there's nothing that they uh, they do that I can't do. You well, know? well, Antonio, so, speaking of being in the same room, I hear you interviewed White House Deputy Chief of Staff John Podesta, and you were also in a meeting with John Kerry, who we know is a longtime politician. He's also the current uh, U.S. Special Presidential Envoy for Climate. I mean, what was it like for you to learn from them? Um, it was really great, especially with uh, John Podesta, because... Uh, he was from Lane Tech, and, and we just instantly clicked because he chose us from Chicago. So it was really funny. It's really difficult to get these people's attention in the first place, by the way. But once I interviewed them, I'm like, oh, man, this is really sick. Um, I'm actually able to obtain, like, really useful information from my community. Right. Because that was, like, the main target for me. Like, how can I make sure I come in here, get as much information, bring this back so I can educate people? Um, so while in the interview, it was really nice. It was very conversational. It wasn't as if, you know... Like, uh, I was really anxious or nervous. I'm like, okay, I'm in the same room with these people. Right. And I'm here to obtain information. And it's a huge deal. Uh, they're, yeah, I'm just, I'm, they're, they're doing as much as they can. I'm doing as much as they can. And it was pretty much just that. 
Yeah. Um, with John Kerry, it was, I think, I wouldn't say a little bit better, but it was a lot more motivational. It was a very small room. It was, it was a very hard room to find, I should say. I should say. Yeah. But once I was in the room, um, it was a few other youth there, and everyone wants to ask him a question. And at the end, it was mostly silence. And I'm like, okay, this is my chance to actually ask him a question. And once I asked my question about um, how to ensure we provide uh, the best stable life for people, also make sure the, the direction that we're pushing people is also more environmentally stable mm-hmm. as well. Um, That's and wonderful. so when he answered this, um, he was really moved, um, very passionate. You know, he talked about the need for us youth to put pressure on others and how it's really necessary for movements in general, like the civil rights movement or yeah. movements to push things like Medicare, Medicaid, to have really passionate people who are young, um, to be really strong and advocate and to form communities to make actions possible. That's great. Well, well um, Fatima, I know that you were there w- with a focus on interviewing indigenous leaders. Why did you choose yes. that focus? Um, I think it all originates from the place where I lived when I was younger. At the age of seven, I moved to Mexico. Um, I lived in the rural parts of uh, the state of Michoacan. Um, and so where I lived, I came to learn that there once upon once upon a time used to be an indigenous population. And up until recently, unfortunately, a lot of it just became very reduced and a lot of the native tongue got lost. And I also learned that they were mostly the ones affected by the issues of flooding um, due to heavy rainfall, but also just later in my other community that I lived in, depletion of water. And obviously the communities, indigenous communities are very vulnerable to these types of issues because governments aren't taking them into account most of the time. So coming into the conversation of what do I want to get out of COP, I immediately thought of my life when I was younger. Um, And um, I wanted to learn more about that to kind of get a new perspective of my life when I was growing up. And so I was very fortunate. I got a lot of interviews with uh, indigenous people from uh, organizations here in Chicago um, that were there, which was very, very cool. I was um, also able to interview Pacific Islanders uh, who happened to be from the indigenous parts of uh, the islands near Australia. Um, I met Mr. who was um, in one of the pavilions that I went to listen in. And his interview was the one that left me with, I think, the greatest remark about um, him not wanting to pick up his ancestors' bones because this is what ultimately comes down to how generations before and generations in the future are being affected. And with that, I was able to have a very great connection to a conversation that I previously had uh, with someone I actually met the first day I was there. Um, I went out to the beach just to get a feel of the area, see the Red Sea for the first time. And I met uh, this woman from uh, the island of Tuvalu. Uh, Her name was Malama, and she told me about a similar situation of their land basically eroding due to the effects of climate change. And obviously, as an indigenous person, she said that she was not willing to be relocated to a different site because being displaced and relocated to a new, entirely different place means you lose culture, heritage, your native tongue, and they're not willing to be put through that again. Um, and I, through those conversations, I was just really able to garner the 
the knowledge and information that I wanted to from um, the conference. So for me, those were, I think, the most productive and impactful conversations I had. And it was great um, to learn more about my focus area. Yeah, well, we're almost out of time. But Antonio, sum this up for us. How do you want to bring, because you're, you're, you're doing work here in Chicago actively through, as I mentioned, that Zero Waste Ambassadors Program. How do you want to bring sustainability efforts to your community here? Well, there's a few things that we're doing as a group, as the IOF group. One thing for sure is that we've compiled lots of interviews of people such as John Podesta, John, um, well, unfortunately not John Kerry, but uh, other people like Al Gore. And we're compiling all these interviews together, other films, to make a more educated documentary film yeah. so that other people in Chicago uh, Eric, can watch it. Great. Um, another thing that we're also doing, too, is that we have an event on December 6th on a mixer. And essentially what we're doing is we're having an event where all the other youths, in case, you know, your audience wants to listen to more of this, all the youth are going to speak about their experience, their lessons that they've taken, and directions that we think uh, we should have moving forward. And other things you're planning to do within this event is engage with other youth from Chicago in hopes that we can form uh, one coalition, one ambition, or many ambitions that we can all direct ourselves towards. That's wonderful. Um, that's great. Yeah. So that's December 6th from 6 to 8. It's uh, your event next week called Stories from COP27, a youth climate mixer. It's at Cross Function in Oak Park. We'll have to leave it there. Antonio Padilla and Fatima Perez are seniors at Solorio Academy High School on the southwest side. Thank you both. This episode of Reset was produced by Linnea Dominic, and it was edited by Andrew Merriweather. Want more Reset on the go? Then hit that subscribe button and get us in your podcast feed every day of the week. And when you do, leave us a rating. That really helps more listeners find us. That's all for Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll chat with you tomorrow. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.